0: From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. It's often thought that breast cancer only affects women over 40. But unfortunately, that's not the case. Breast cancer is rare in young women, but it does happen. And when a young woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it can be shocking. At a time in life when most young women are focused on friends and career, all of a sudden, issues of treatment, recovery, and survivorship suddenly take top priority. Hannah Hancock joins the podcast today to share her story and how she navigated being diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 22. Hannah, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thank you so much for having me. Well,
0: I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, let's start with your breast cancer story. You know, can you tell us about your diagnosis and what was going on in your life around that time?
1: Yeah. So I was 22. I had just moved to DC um, out of college. I grew up in Florida. I went to the University of Florida and I had just moved here. I was working for a congressman on Capitol Hill and I had felt a bump in my right side boob and I had a gynecologist appointment that week already. So I kind of just asked my doctor. She recommended me to go to get up an ultrasound. And then it all kind of took off from there. But it happened really abruptly. like Right after I kind of felt it, I remember having hesitations or even telling my friends, like, this is kind of scary. I feel like I felt something. I'm just going to go get it checked out. And I don't really... Like I've never loved going to the doctors. Like no one really does, but I knew it was the right thing. And yeah, that kind of all happened from there. I remember my girlfriends would come with me to the ultrasounds or the biopsies. And even, um, I went to GW, their hospital in DC. And I really, I've only had good experiences there and it's been pretty, um, It's been a few years now. I'm 25 now, and that was when I was 22. So, yeah, it all happened pretty fast. That's how I found out. Wow. And then, yeah, I remember the day I found out that I was diagnosed. I was working, and everyone at my old office, everyone was best friends. Like it was most positive work environment, and we were really close. And I kind of told them what was going on as it was happening, but. I got a call from the doctor in the middle of the work day. So I stepped out and it was like in a movie. They had just called me and said, hey, the biopsy came back and you have cancer. It's stage one, it's triple negative, but um, like we need to know, we need to find out more. And so that's kind of, that was the worst part of all of it. Kind of having to wait to find out what the treatment and everything and yeah, that's how I found out. And I went back into my office. I remember I kind of tried to just put it away and put it aside and keep working, but then I obviously, like, am a human. I have feelings, and so I cried and told everyone, and mm. it was just so much support and stuff. Mm.
0: Wow. I mean, you know, and, and at that age, I mean, it, it had to have been just a, a serious shock. I mean, d- does breast cancer run in your family? Was it already on your radar?
1: Yeah. So my mom had it in her early fifties and she never had treatment or anything. She just kind of, uh, she had the surgeries and she no longer has breast cancer now. And the way she handled it was definitely an inspiration for me always. She's so strong and kind of just didn't want, I have a younger sister. And so she didn't want us to really be burdened or anything, mm-hmm. so it, she just treated it like doctor's appointment. Did what the doctors told her, and now she's good. And so I was aware of it, but I never got tested for the genes or anything. Um, but I have BRCA two a gene, and so that's something I always try to tell even my girlfriends. You know, even if my mom had it, but I didn't know to get tested. No one told me to get tested, but that could prevent it or help you keep a closer eye on it and having that gene knowing I have it I also was able to get um my eggs preserved do the whole fertility process so actually that first day that they diagnosed me they said um so you definitely have it you have cancer and and the next step is we need to act like tomorrow they're like I'm sorry my doctor's nice She's like, I'm sorry but you know we have to You have to like suck it up and act fast. So the next day I went in, talked to the fertility doctor. My parents flew up from Florida and I did the whole fertility process like that week. So that's something like I hope other young girls kind of know along with it being a shock. Definitely was, I, I had so much support, but something I always would do, I would Google like, other young girls who have breast cancer, something of that sort. I could never really find anyone. Like I knew a few people uh, who had like preventative mastectomies, and there's a girl, Kaylee McAneny from Tampa. She's from my hometown, and she was a press secretary for the White House at the time. I always looked up to her and her family. She's vocal about getting the preventative mastectomy, but. I never really had young people to look up to. So that's something, you know, I've just, like I hope other young girls know that they're not alone and there's other people. There's good ways if it is a shock, which it definitely was to me. There's, um, you can find positivity in it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's why we're doing this show, right? We want to want to let people know they're not alone. Uh, you're not alone. So, um, so did you feel like there was a team that sort of guided you through uh, what to expect next and and, and kind of what did that process look like for you?
1: Yeah. So the process was um, immediately the fertility and I, my doctors at GW hospital. And I even, I kind of just picked, it's a great hospital. I just picked it. Someone said, look at your insurance my gynecologist said, look at your insurance and find a hospital that covers you and go get, go get an ultrasound there. So I'm I'm like 22. I'm so overwhelmed with work and just moving to a new city. I'm like Googling insurance. I had no clue really what to do, but so, but the team at GW, they set me up with multiple doctors within the whole team and they kind of guided me along it. And so you no, know, I had different surgeons or chemo people or radiation, different or, um, genetics. There's a whole team there that really guided me. And um, yeah, and you know, my my work was really flexible, which is so nice. They would let me, you know, leave in the middle of the day for appointments. And they always, I told them from the beginning, I want to keep working. I'm 22. Like, I'm not going to let this stop me. and. Yeah, so there was multiple teams helping me. I guess can answer the question. There's just so many people that, you know, I maybe because I'm young too. I don't know, but everyone wanted to just make sure I was doing what I needed to do, like going to the chemo, going to my surgeries, and that was all I could control. Really.
0: Wow. And so I, I know you went through a lot of this sort of. During the pandemic, how did that affect your your treatment and, and as you walk this process?
1: Yeah, so I had about almost two years of chemo with a few surgeries, and I would go every three weeks. And during the pandemic, I was almost a little more than halfway through my chemo, so I had a lot of, you know. It was a crazy time, but it was awesome how accommodating all the doctors were. I actually, you know, I got to be remote for work and I started law school also during the pandemic and we were, I was also working full time and I was also traveling to Florida to see my family or with my boyfriend, um, just other places and other hospitals would let me get there chemo there. So I didn't have to keep flying back and forth. So for instance, and I was home in Jupiter with um with my boyfriend, a bunch of friends. I didn't want to come to DC just for chemotherapy. As annoying or lame as that sounds, I was just like, I want to live my life. I don't want to go for that. So we set it up at a hospital in Jupiter and I got the same treatment and all the doctors have been amazing and surgeries has been a little tough only bringing one person in that's a little bit different at the beginning my friends girlfriends family they would come like sit with me during chemo and that was so helpful and then towards the middle and the end i would have to go alone i couldn't go in the hospital with anyone not something you know they're still in dc at least doing so yeah maybe i guess I would love to start like going, being able to go in person and like sit with people and talk. I feel like that's something that could be changed or improved in hospitals, kinda.
0: Of. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you mentioned earlier that you had sort of a, a variety of support teams. I'm curious what the impact of your diagnosis at such a young age has had on your friends and family. How how have they responded to it? How do you think it's affected their lives?
1: Yeah, in a way. Um, yeah, I just had moved from my college to to DC. And most of my girlfriends, guy friends, everyone had moved to different places within the United States, or New York or LA or other places. So yeah, like, in a way, it brought everyone back together. My girlfriends would come visit me from everywhere, every weekend. I, I was never alone. And we would always talk. And Remember even a st- one time, like I was really trying to balance it all with working full time and my dream job and I'm um, doing school at nighttime and I lost my earphones one time. And I was like, that was just when the AirPods came out instead of the dangly cord. <laughs> and sometimes they're just handier. And I- I lost it. I had, like, I cried so much, and my friends are, like, knew I was going through it. Like, it's okay. It's just earphones, but the little thing, like, they, everyone, like, 20 of my girlfriends put in money, and they all got me a new pair of earphones to, like, relieve, like, a little stress, and, I mean, so I think an impact was just, you know, bringing everyone together and kind of realizing, like, it kind of was a newsflash for all of us, like, There's no time to waste, really, especially within that first week of getting diagnosed, not knowing what it was not. I mean, bluntly, like not knowing if I had another week or like the rest of my lifetime to live. And so that's like a feeling that I'm actually so lucky to have at a young age because it really did like put things in perspective. Like, wow. Wow. Do I need to be stressing over you know where I'm going to go eat or rush rest- or an outfit or something a normal thing girls at that age would stress over, but it was kind of just put things into perspective and um, I feel like it had that impact on my friends kind of as well as me just to enjoy everything and do things you're passionate about
0: hmm. I love that I love I mean it sounds like it really it can really transform the way that you look at life and the way you look at yeah. stress, right? Yeah. Hmm, that's great.
1: Yeah. I think you definitely transform that and kind of just even just enjoying time with friends and family and just doing things that make you happy. Like my friends didn't like their job. They're like, okay, I'm going to fix this or, you know, why am I sitting here? Like, thinking, oh, like, poor me, I don't have this. Hmm. I'm not really explaining it well, but it's kind of just like to enjoy everything and do things that make you happy because it just put things into perspective and how like little time we have.
0: And- yeah. yeah, I love that. I love that. It's so encouraging um, to, to think about from that perspective. So, so why is it so important for you to share your story with others now? Why are, why are you on the show?
1: Yeah. I think that something that was lacking for me always was someone to relate to. And as I've said, I had so much support still going on, even though I I don't have it anymore, like still being talked about um, amongst my own community. And so I think that that's something I was always lacking someone to relate with or how, you know, even little things like I wanted to go hang out with all my friends but I had like no hair like or no eyebrows or no eyelashes so I'm like okay googling like how to fake like that you have hair like how to like put mascara on when you have no eyelashes like little things like that like I just wanted to enjoy things so I wish there's someone like my age. So I guess, yeah, just like sharing, you know, young people or even old people just to that you can find the good in it. And you you don't have to let it like slow you down or anything. Really, I feel like that's just like a message. I wish people had told me, I wish I had access to. But something that's good about the pandemic is like, we get to do this on Zoom, like it is so nice. There's so much information accessible now, kind of. So, like, if there is anyone younger, I just want them to know, like they can find positives in it, and they can um, use a diagnosis to like impact their and other lives for the better.
0: Thing. That's right. That's right. I love that. I love that. I love the positive attitude. So important. So important. So, <laughs> so last question, uh, and maybe you've already said it, but but I'll, I just want to make sure. Uh, Are there any final thoughts or final pieces of advice that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: I would say, you know, anyone listening to this or um, even if it's not you that got cancer, even if it's a friend or family, that's a great step that you're even listening to this and seeing how you could help yourself or help others. And I think just keep finding ways to kind of brush off the negative not really brush them off, but find like something good in every day or every month or year and, you know, don't let the cancer diagnosis drag you. Like my family was like, or my friends they are like, how do we even react to you? Like, how do, are we, do you be too nice? Like, do you want us to treat you the same? And I feel like that's something that, you know, even if it's someone like a support team listening, just good first step that you're trying to see, like, Understand what people went through. And I would say, yeah, final advice would just be like, keep, just like, keep trying to enjoy, you know, every day and help. If it's not you, then help your friend just see the good in things.
0: That's right. That's right. Enjoy every day and help other people see the good in things. That's a good, that's a great final thought. Uh, Hannah, thank you so much for joining me on the show today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.